Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show that dives into health and healing, where we discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Today, we're going to try to show some distinction between conditional love and unconditional love, and why unconditional love is so paramount for health. Thanks so much for tuning in. So as I start this particular episode, I want to just up front acknowledge how difficult it can be to draw parameters or clear definitions around the concept of love. Love is an abstract idea, and frankly, we in our current vernacular don't have a lot of great ways of kind of distinguishing different types of love. You know, we can go into an etymology study and look at what love meant in its origin in different cultural contexts once upon a time. But for right now, we use love like we love Taco Bell and love like we love our grandmother. And there's just not a lot of distinction, although I hope you feel distinction when we say those two statements. But, you know, our our language has some shortcomings as it relates to love. I would like to mention, though, that love is an action verb. And so hopefully we see the outpouring of love through actions, the outpouring of love through words. Hopefully we, when we say the word love, we can conjure up an understanding of what it is. But I want to talk through two kind of distinct paths that love can take. They're not exclusive of one another. So every one of us has the option or the opportunity or the the default to demonstrate love unconditionally, but also demonstrate love conditionally. And so I want to give a little bit of context mostly because it's going to lay a foundation of understanding for some of our trauma discussions going forward, especially when we talk about perception of emotional neglect and how much that um, imprints on teenagers especially and causes a lot of distress. And so today's really about laying a foundation of understanding what is the difference between conditional love and unconditional love, meaning how are those two things experienced by someone who is either feeling unconditional or conditional love. And so let's camp out with the concept of conditional love. It means I will love you if, or I will love you when, or I will love you because of a certain outcome. And while that's probably not the intent of many people, unfortunately, often there's a lot of behaviors that demonstrate conditional love. So if you are going to engage with someone and someone engages in a behavior that you dislike and the first thing that comes into the conversation from you is judgment or as criticism, it's probably being received as conditional love. Unless there's a nice uh, bridge that's been built in the relationship where conflict and tough conversations can be navigated well, if that's not there, then judgment and criticism often look like conditional love. So if I do the right thing, I'll get praise or affirmation. If I do the wrong thing, I'll get judgment and criticism. This often happens too in people's actions. So if they're, and I'm I'm using air quotes here, um, and again, I don't know how to convey that auditorily, so I'll just do my best here. But if someone looks the quote wrong way and we're constantly reminding them that, well, if you put in a little effort or if you lost a little weight or if you dressed a little better or if you did your makeup better, or if you, and we put brackets around what's socially appropriate or acceptable for them, that often gets communicated as a type of conditional love. If someone is, let's say someone's performance academically is very mediocre and the feedback they get when they, you know, show their grades to someone or give their report card to mom and dad is, well, I really wish you would try harder or you got to be, man, I, I, I really hope you get the A minus next time. Or maybe if you just studied a little bit more. When the first 
first comment is pointing out a perceived deficit and trying to give a solution of what would make that person better, that's often going to be received as conditional love. And I'm I'm conveying this hopefully, hopefully clearly, I, that would be my intention, obviously. But I sit with so many young people who, when they share about their lives, the first thing they hear is correction or criticism. They often experience conditional love being extended towards them. So they're hearing not good enough, not quite enough, um, not bright enough. They're hearing a lot of messages that aren't being said directly, but because criticism and judgment and solutions are being given so freely, they're hearing it in a more covert way but they're still receiving the not good enough message. And it's, it's so concerning because one of the primary things that brings people into counseling, and mind you, this might be a, a radical overstatement, but from my experience, there are three conditional love pieces that drive people to therapy. One is when conditional love is extended towards us and we have to deal with the residual damage of not feeling like we're enough. The second is when we extend conditional love towards others and we have a lot of frustration and anger that people aren't doing what we want them to. They're not following through the way we would like them to. And so we're going to withhold love and acceptance and tolerance of others. And then the third place is when we extend conditional love towards self. So I'm not good enough. I'll be better when. I'm I'm not going to... Um, treat myself well until conditional love is rampant in the clinical setting. And I can look through so many different uh, mental health diagnoses like anxiety, like depression, like OCD, and understand that conditional love has heavy interplay in many of those particular areas. So in our younger years, when we receive that type of messaging pretty consistently, we feel criticized, which I I think we can draw that, that linear connection of why that would be. But there's two other ways that there are consequences, not just we hear criticism, but in many people's stories, they become highly critical themselves. And so they learn to navigate the world by demonstrating conditional love. You do what I say or else, I'll withhold my affection, I'll withhold affirmations, I'll withhold my time, I'll withhold compliments, whatever that looks like. That's a learned posture. And so a kid who grows up in an atmosphere where there's conditional love, often they're going to replicate what they see And they're going to use manipulation and they're going to use coercive measures and they're going to demonstrate conditional love in a pretty um, parallel way to what they've experienced. Now, the other way it shows up, and, and when I said it shows up in counseling in three different ways, the first is receiving conditional love, the second is giving, the third is going to be conditional love towards self. And these are going to be the individuals that show up that are highly critical of what they have to offer, highly critical of their gifts and their talents and their capabilities. And the unfortunate piece is most often it's not their own voice that they're hearing, it's the voice of people who have conditionally loved them. So perhaps there's a parent figure that was saying repetitively, like, not good enough, not bright enough, not strong enough, not smart enough. Okay, bright and smart are the same thing. So I guess you can understand where I struggle with my own intelligence sometimes too. But when we receive those messages pretty consistently, there are people who will take those and internalize them. So now instead of waiting for someone else to criticize me, I'm going to go ahead and criticize myself first because that's significantly less painful than hearing how I have disappointed other people. So now we we operate life in a defensive posture and we're convinced that we're not good enough and we're convinced that we're not whatever it is, right? We're not attractive enough, bright enough, uh, fast enough, smart enough, well-resourced enough, whatever it is. Often though, we, we are giving ourselves conditional love because 
that's what we understand love to look like. We don't understand the idea that I'm okay even as I am. And that's what the unconditional love piece is. So we're going to kind of camp out in that one for just a minute here. Unconditional love is this beautiful gift to offer people where we say who you are is okay. And because that's true, who I am is okay. And because that's true, we're both just okay. And it's this calm reassurance that you and your gifts and your talents and your values, they work for you. And because they work for you, I'm going to give you space and grace to operate within them. Conversely, my gifts and my talents and my my drives, they work for me. And because I'm doing the best I can with what I have, I'm going to give myself space and grace to operate as well as possible. And who you are is okay and who I am is okay. And we can start to have relationship between us because we're both just okay. There's not a hierarchy of winners and losers. There's not a hierarchy of better or worse. It's just I bring myself you bring yourself and both of us can show up in that space. It's a it's a really sacred space to operate in. It really is. And I'm talking as someone who probably only within the last year has really understood what unconditional love actually looks like. And it's because I have had several people step into my life and help dismantle that pervasive messaging of not good enough, not hardworking enough, not acceptable. What Whatever that was in my history and whatever that is in your history and whatever that is in your neighbor's history, it shows up in unique ways and it shows up in messages that we heard in our younger years. And I've had people step into my life and say, Steph, who you are is okay. Whatever you're doing, if if you're living within your purpose and your calling, you can be a low performer, you can be a moderate performer, you can be a high performer, you can go above and beyond. And in any capacity, those are all okay because we love who you are. You the person in front of us, you the person that gets up and fights day to day to do what you feel is best in the world around you. You're not going out. You're not causing intentional harm. You're not contributing pain to others intentionally. Who you are is okay. And I've had one mentor specifically, I would say we've had this conversation over the last several years to the tune of probably hundreds, if not close to a thousand times. And, and that's how long it actually takes to start dismantling that pervasive negative mantra that runs for me. And so just just to few conversations that I can highlight here. I remember probably about seven or eight months back, there was a doctoral program that I looked at that I really liked. And so I went and I I was talking to my mentor about it. And I said, well, this looks like a, a viable option for my doctoral program. And he said, that sounds awesome for you. But I also want to let you know that if that's not the path you take, who you are is still okay. And I was like, what is with this boy? Like, why is he being such a weirdo right now? Obviously, who I am is okay. But he was trying to disrupt the narrative in my head that says, perform better, perform higher, achieve more, keep going, keep going, not good enough. And so he was taking the opportunity to say, staff, if a doctoral program is in your future, awesome. I support that. That sounds amazing for you. If it's not in your future, awesome. I support that. That's amazing for you. And who you are is okay. And even more recently, we were having a conversation and he said, I need you to understand that the value that you bring right now, the person that you are right now has never been less valuable and will never be more valuable than who you are in this moment. And again, I'm like, why does this boy talk in riddles? I just don't get it. But again, he's deliberately disrupting that mantra that runs for me that not good enough, not smart enough, need to achieve more, keep going, do better. And he 
keeps disrupting it by saying, Steph, who you are is okay. And that for me illustrates that unconditional love piece where we can start to dismantle the voices that other people have superimposed on us. We can also begin to dismantle how we speak to others and how we lead with judgment, lead with solutions, lead with criticism, lead with encouragements for how people should change based on our values. The whole lot of that is just damaging. It's so damaging in relationship when we're constantly trying to impart our wisdom instead of just saying to someone who you are is okay. 10 to 1, people walking around us right now don't believe they're actually okay because they have this pervasive message, not only from home of origin, not only from peer-to-peer relationships, also from cultural conditioning saying you're not okay. You have to capitulate, you have to conform, you have to do all the things, you have to cross all the boxes that, that everyone else wants for you. It is a radical form of protest to operate in this world saying who I am is okay. And we really only get there when unconditional love is demonstrated, when we stop having to perform to be a value. And so I want to wrap it up by stating the the distinction again. So conditional love is I will love you when, I will love you if, I will love you with, I will love you because. And unconditional love really focuses on I love you even when, I love you even if, I love you even with, I love you because I love you. And it's so distinct and how we absorb those types of experiences when we're constantly being given critical feedback or judgment or skepticism, it's going to land really, really poorly and often it causes really extensive damage. When we are in the presence of people who love us unconditionally and tolerate us and accept us for who we are and don't ask us to change for their comfort or for their benefit. It's it's healing. It's so restorative and it really is just life altering. And I'm I'm thankful I understand what it looks like to be loved unconditionally because now I can walk boldly into the world and impart that same type of love. For a long time it was conditional. For a long time I experienced it that way and I gave it that way and and I'm so fortunate to understand it differently. And I hope in your stories, if you are struggling with things like anxiety and depression and addiction and a whole sort of mental health struggles, look into your history and observe, do I understand unconditional love? Or do I understand highly critical feedback? Do I understand people asking me to change? And I would start to wonder what might be the connection between my mental health distress and conditional love. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a topic that will come up again in the future as we talk through trauma, but I I want you to challenge yourself. If you are offering love with strings attached, think through how might you do that differently? What might that look like? I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and we will connect again soon. If this lands well and if it's of interest to you, anytime you're willing to share is much appreciated. A like and a follow, a review. I'm grateful for any time you take to listen or to give feedback. Uh, You can also email me at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Thanks so much guys and have a good rest of your day.